Glory to God. I'm so glad to be back at Island Church. Hallelujah. I love this place. Mm, praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, today is my birthday. I'm 47 years old today. October the 17th, 1974. I, I was at Evangelistic Temple in Houston, Texas. Went there because our friends that we had known from high school and college that we partied with and drank with had strangely changed. And now all they did was go to church. And uh, through a series of events, and I won't go into it, uh, some of you heard the testimony before, you know, my wife and I had been separated for 14 months and God got us back together. And so we ended up in Houston and, and um, now I live in Louisiana, okay, but I'm a Texan. I was born in Texas and I live as close to Texas as I can, just so you'll know, okay. All right. So they started talking to us about the Lord, and we knew we needed to make some changes, but not that far, you know. <laughs> I mean, you, we used to go down to Kima and party and, and just have a good time, and now they just go to church. But we, we were all in Houston together, and so they, they invited us to go to this church, and and um, this, the, I said, well, what's, what's going to happen? Well, there's a couple there called Charles and Francis Hunter. Any of you ever know who Charles and Francis Hunter were? And, uh, and, uh, and so they lay hands on people, which I, that's the first time I'd ever heard that phrase in my life, and they fall out. I said, I don't believe that. I said, that's ridiculous. And they said, well, come see for yourself. I said, okay. So we went that night. And um, we were there, and I have, to, I have to be honest with you, they'd given me a book, a little book called Two Sides of a Coin. Talked about being saved and talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it uh, didn't mean anything to me. I didn't, it, it didn't even register with me. I, I, I never told Charles or Francis that, but it never registered with me at all. Just, oh, okay. Well, I kind of flipped through it. And, well, that night when we got there, the, the, uh, Francis said, I feel like I'm supposed to just talk about two sides of a coin, which was the name of that book. Still didn't get it. Literally, I'm serious. I didn't get it. Listen, let me tell you something. It's amazing that people can look at you in church with a blank stare and the Holy Ghost is working them over and you don't even realize it. You know, just because somebody's not reacting doesn't mean God's not working. Because all of a sudden something started stirring on the inside of me. I'm telling you, it just stirred and stirred and stirred some more. And, and uh, I just kept resisting it just like I always had, you know. And um, finally, it was the end of the service. Thank God I made it to the end of the service. And had everybody stand up. So everybody stood up, and, and, um, and they gave an altar call for anybody who wanted to be saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I had my hands on the back of that pew just like this. And I was on the end so I could leave quick if I needed to. I didn't understand any of that, didn't even try to comprehend it. I was just there because I was invited. But something was working on the inside of me. I mean, something I didn't know what it was. It was foreign to me, but it was working. <clears throat> and so they gave us altar call, and a number of people came down to the front there. And, man, I had that grip. And the next thing I know, my wife is nudging me to get out because I've got her blocked in. And I had to let go of that pew to let her out. And when I let go of that pew, I let go. <laughs> and I walked down to the front with her. And we, we didn't know what to expect. We never did. She was raised Baptist. I was raised heathen, you know. <laughs> I mean, listen, my mother, my parents, I've told this testimony before, my parents were, were alcoholics. And so 
their lifestyle was just really, you know, it didn't, wasn't the church life. Now, my grandparents were church people, but, but the, the point is, I don't want to go into that because I've got to preach, and this is not my message. I just want to tell you it was my birthday. But, <laughs> but, but we, we, we were down there at the front. We'd never been in a group like that, never, didn't have any clue what was going on, just kind of like we were in our own little bubble down there, didn't really understand or know what was happening. And so they just, they just said, all right, pray this prayer with us. And so they said, now, Lord, we thank you that Jesus died for our sins. Lord, we thank you Jesus died for our sins. We thank you that he was raised from the dead so that we might have eternal life. We thank you that he was raised from the dead. We might have eternal life. Thank you that I received Jesus as my Lord, my Savior. Thank you I received Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. And now, Lord, and now, Lord, fill me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm just praying the words, praying the prayer. It wasn't any sincerity to it. I was just following along. And then they said, now just lift your hands and thank God. I ain't no way I was lifting my hands. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for people who are not charismatic to lift their hands? Imagine a heathen. See, we take it for granted. We lift our hands. We're free. But, but most of the body of Christ, they, they can't. They get right here half mass. That's about it. <laughs> so I prayed. And they said, now, now just, just start thanking God. Well, I, did, I, I just kind of muttered a couple of words. And all of a sudden, down here on the inside, something started coming out, just flowing up out of me. And the next thing you know, I'm speaking in this language I don't know. It's coming out. It's flowing out of me. It's gushing out of me. I'd never heard about speaking in tongues, didn't know anything about it at all. And so it scared me. So I leaned over, and Becky's right next to me. And, you know, she was raised Baptist, I, you know, until we started running together. Then she backslid. But she blames me. I blame her. But, but I leaned over, and I listened. And she was speaking in tongues, speaking in another language. I didn't know it was called speaking in tongues. She was speaking a language I didn't understand, and I knew she didn't know it. And so we got saved, and we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Becky was already saved, just backslidden, but she got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit October the 17th, 1974, at Evangelistic Temple. And my life has never been the same. Our friends that brought our friends that brought us that night, listen, that brought us that night, we sat out in the parking lot for an hour while they explained to us what had happened to us. Listen, the world is full of people just like me and Becky. We just got to get to them. The Holy Spirit can take care of the rest of it. It, you, you, sometimes we think, and I'm, this is going to kind of tie in with my message if I ever get to it, but, but, but sometimes we just think, well, they're not going to listen. You don't know. We had a lady today. I, I was walking around greeting people before church today, and, and then one of our church members introduced me to this lady, and she said, I met her at Walgreens yesterday. And I just talking to, started talking to her about the Lord. And that lady reached over and grabbed me by the kind of like this and pulled me down. She said, and I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Who have you walked into Grawl Greens and just passed by who really needed it? Yeah. Yeah. I, sometimes, now listen, don't get offended at this, okay? I've been invited back and I've said worse, so I, hopefully I'm going to be all right. <laughs> but listen to me. People, we're talking about, Lord, we want revival. We want to be filled with the Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit. Go out and do something. Thank you. You just stop and think about this minute. If every person in here had rounded up somebody, one person this week to come tonight, you wouldn't be able to get them in here. Well, they wouldn't understand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't have to explain to them. While somebody runs around the building? It, it, it don't, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. 
You've just got to make up your mind that you're just going to let God do his work and be a, and be a vessel to be used. Thank God that our friends, they, they were laughing. I know they were laughing at us. They laughed at us, you know, about how we were behaving and not the whole thing. But you know what? In the end, we got filled with the Holy That's Ghost. Right. Our destiny changed. We, we had been, before, before all this, they took us to Lakewood Church. Now, back then, Lakewood Church had maybe 500 people, maybe 700. They just built their first building. George, you know, they just built that first building that they, they, they were in, the first little metal building they were in. So they didn't see 1,000 people, did it, probably? I wouldn't think. It was just just small building, really. And, and, and uh, we went, and there was a guy had an organ right in the middle of the, right in the, middle of the, the platform playing that organ. And, and they were singing, and it was so loud. Now, I, I, you know, I went to concerts, and I'm thinking, but yet this bothered me, you know. <laughs> And then Brother Osteen got up there and started preaching. And somebody stood up and spoke in a language I didn't understand. Didn't know it was tongues in either. Thought it was just some crazy person. that <laughs> They just didn't, didn't want to offend them, so they just let them. And then he got up and he, he started preaching. And I'm telling you, he was back then, he preached. He didn't teach. He preached. And he was spitting and preaching and going from one side to the other. And I leaned over to Becky and I said, Becky, if I ever get out of this place, I am never coming back. These people, these people are crazy. <laughs> now, I'm just telling you this because you don't know where people are and where God can bring them. Yep. Okay. And, and, and you, 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 we, we don't have to explain all that. Right. Well, they're going to get upset. They're going to get offended. There's something that will be on the inside of them that'll mark them, that will haunt them. You know, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. Spirits haunt. Holy Spirit will haunt you. So we, so we, 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 were, try, we were trying to get out as fast as we could. Okay. Now listen to this. There was a lady on the platform playing the piano. Becky leaned over to me and said, that's Renee Stinson. I was in the sixth grade with her. Wait a minute. How do you know somebody from the sixth grade? Well, she saw Becky. Made a beeline. Well, see, she thought we were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. She was talking all this language. We didn't understand what she was saying. We didn't have a clue. We got out of there as quick as we could. So... After this experience at, at uh, Evangelistic Temple, the next Sunday, we went back. Everybody changed. <laughs> the whole place was different. We fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever lose sight of that. Okay? Right. Sometimes we get in our own little culture, our little Pentecostal culture, and we don't realize that there are people out there that are desperate, they're hungry. And just one word, and, and it may not be, you may just be sowing the seed, but it doesn't matter. But you've got to do, you've got to do it. You've got to open your mouth. And so I just, I, I want to share with you a message that, that I think will help you. I trust it will. And I want to talk to you about balancing your faith. Now, now, just hang with me here, and I'm going to show you something tonight that, that, I, that I believe will, will help you um, in our present situation. Because, listen, we're in, we're in challenging times right now. Okay? And, and, it, and people think, well, I'm, hopefully by next year. Well, that's what you said about 2021. Listen, it's not going to get any better, folks, as far as the world is concerned. So you just realize things are changing. The world is changing. 
And, and we've got to have a balance in our lives and understand how to live our lives in the midst of all this. And if, if you'll understand what I'm telling you tonight, it'll wipe away a lot of garbage that you've been dealing with or messing with that you have no business even fretting over. Okay? So just listen to me because God answers the need of the soul. When you listen... That's why Jesus said his burden was light. His yoke, his yoke was easy. His burden was light. He, he, will, he will relieve your soul. He, he can give you a, play, a place to live in your life uh, and answer the needs of your soul. And there are three areas that you have to have those answers. The past, the present, and the future. That's real deep, isn't it? Past, present, future. How many of you would like to see Brother Rusty with that fro he used to have again? I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Bro fro. No, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. That's the past, right? In fact, to be honest with you, that's not even the past because 47 years ago was the beginning of my future, and that was the end of my past. Okay, I know I was born couple of years before that, but anyway. Okay, listen. So, God wants to answer three areas. Your past, your present, and your future as a believer. Now, I know we're probably talking mostly to believers tonight, so just hang with me. So, where you came from, how do you live now, and what does the future hold? You got three three questions that need answering. You, you got three things that you have in your life that you have to live. And, and if you can get a hold of those, then you can understand some things. And here's the thing. You've got the past, the present, and the future. And we live in all three of those dimensions as believers. Now, if you don't live in all three of those as a believer, then you're going to get yourself in trouble. Okay, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And, and so what you have to understand is that we live in the past in a way, in a sense. Listen, what I mean by that is we have the surety of the sacrifice of Jesus. I mean, Jesus died a long time ago. But we have a surety because of that sacrifice that keeps us grounded even in our past. Y'all still with me? That's why we take communion. Listen to what he, Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me. That's our past. Now, you go any further past your past than that, then you're going to get in trouble. You start looking up your old boyfriends and girlfriends and thinking about how things could have been if I hadn't have done this or this hadn't have worked this way. And next thing you know, you're thinking about a past that's beyond what you really need to be thinking about. Okay. So Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. First Peter 1.21 says in the New Living Translation, through Christ you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God, now listen, because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Long time ago, but I placed my faith in that even though I have never seen Jesus, I have never seen, well, I actually seen what they say was the tomb he was, he was in. But I, I, all I'm doing is I am accepting that past by faith. That that happened. I know it happened. It happened. That's my past. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that every, if you, any man who is in Christ, listen to me, he's a new creation. All things you ready for this? Have what? Pass away. away. You can't live past your born again experience. If you do, you're living in the past. 
And it's dangerous to live that way. You can't live that. Now, I'm talking to somebody tonight because I'm kind of going off script. But you've got to hear that because that's your demarcation. See, I'm listening. Everybody is tempted with the past. Everybody's tempted in areas. But I always go back to what I just told you about evangelistic temple walking down to that aisle. I, why? Because that's when my life began. That was the beginning of my past. That's, that's when it started 47 years ago. It could have been a year for you. It could have been six months. It could have been five years. It could have been 20 years. It doesn't matter. That's your demarcation, okay? And you have to live. God knew, listen to me, he knew you could not live the life he wanted being like you used to be. So every time the devil reminds me about how good I had it, I remind him of how bad it really was. How bad it really, really was. So you've got the past, and then you've got the present. And you say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? The confidence of living by what Jesus did. See, the thing about Jesus, he didn't just die and was raised from the dead. He gave us a power to live and breathe every day a life for him now. See, all the other religions, they live in the past. We don't live in the past because we got something that's alive today. When we started singing and worshiping tonight, the presence of God came in this place. It's present. It's right now. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now listen to this. You ready? And the life that I now, everybody say now, now now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I've got a present life to live based on what happened in the past. Now, I know this sounds kind of corny, but if you listen to this, it'll help your soul live the way you're supposed to live. Because we get tied up in the wrong places sometimes, doing the wrong things. Then there's the future. See, thank God for the future. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, Our light affliction, which is now, is but for a moment. But it works for us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But here's what you got to do. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? We're after eternity. Man, we have a future. And sometimes if you, listen to me, sometimes if you're not careful, all your afflictions, Paul was talking about that. Go back up to verse, uh, I think it's verse 6 and you'll find out what some of them were. But listen, here's the thing. If you get caught up in that, then you're not going to realize, you know, these are just for a moment. And by the way, they're working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory because I'm not going to allow them to control my life. I've got my focus on something else. See, So my soul is satisfied if my past and my present and my future are working together. But you can get hung up if you're not careful, and you can get in trouble if you're not careful with it. Because we have to keep all three in proper perspective, or you're going to get out of balance. You can't live in the past. In your Christian life, you can't live in the past. There have been some times in my life which I wish I could have drawn a circle around, built a fence around, and just laid back and enjoyed it till Jesus came back. But it doesn't work that way. We don't live that way. We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So you cannot allow yourself to live in the past. 
You can't live it. You can't live your life just looking to the past. Because if you live in the past, you're not getting any help for today. Religious icons are, uh, you know, people, people in religious ceremony, um, those are the things that, that, that I look at when I watch people to find out where they're living. Well, I was in Mexico years ago preaching. I can't remember even where it was now, somewhere in Mexico. And it was a smaller town, and, and they had a, a Catholic church. Now, I'm not dissing the Catholics. I'm just telling you this is what happened, okay? So I walked in there, and I heard this woman wailing and crying and, her and was laying across a, a, a coffin. And I said, oh, she must have lost a loved one, you know, somebody close to her, some, you know, and, and, and uh, so a few minutes later, she got up and left. And I walked over there. It had plexiglass over the top, and Jesus was in the casket. Yeah, yeah, there, it wasn't Jesus, but it was somebody, it was a semblance of Jesus. I couldn't understand it because he was in that casket, but he was also hanging on a cross at the front of the church. One of them wasn't right. Listen, listen to me. When you get caught up in religion, you get caught up in the past. You can't live your life in the past. You can't operate that way. It doesn't work that way. And you can't function that way. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to live for God in the present with the strength of what Jesus did in the past. And good news, God sent the Holy Spirit to make the cross relevant to our daily lives today. Not a weeping and a mourning because he's not there anymore. He's risen. So you've got to understand that the resurrection power is available today and it works in our lives now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, now. Thank God it happened 2,000 years ago. Thank God that I can remember that, but I've got to live a different life. I've got to live now. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 6, listen to what the Word of God says. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. And I like what Paul did here. First thing he did was say, this is what you don't say. Okay? Don't say... Then I'm going to bring Christ down. I'm going to go to heaven and bring him back. Or I'm going to go into the abyss where Jesus went and raise him from the dead. Well, he's not there. So what does it say? Listen, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. See, that keeps you in the now but it keeps your faith drawing from the past. Y'all still here? Yeah. Your soul's going to enjoy this when you realize you've been out of balance. Because if you're prob if you got trouble in your life and problems in your life, and you're you're allowing those to dictate in your life, you're not drawing on the strength of what's been done for you. Don't I know there's probably not anybody in here, but maybe they live stream this. Okay, so let me just tell you something. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. We're not moving into caves and hiding. Amen. Okay, we're not living our lives that way. But here's something else. You can't live in the future. Well, you know, I wish Jesus would come out. I, I want Jesus. Well, I want him to come back too, but I'm not living today for him to come back today. I'm living by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me Amen. now. Amen. That's where I want to live my life. That's how I want to live my life now. I accept the sacrifice. I look for the return, but I live in the middle. Amen. You have to stay in the present. Yeah. 
You can't get caught up. And listen to me. I want to tell you, there are always going to be times that are better than others and things are great and things are working and then things aren't working and this happens and then it's wonderful and then the next thing you know, all hell seems to break loose. But listen, that's where we live. But our souls can be at peace. Our mind, our will, our emotions can be at peace because we know what Jesus did. And we know he's coming back. And I'm in the middle. I've got the power of God working in my life to face every day and overcome whatever I need to overcome. But you can't get unbalanced. You get up, you'll get, you'll get messed up. We do have a future, but we've got to live now. And listen to me, that future hope is a strong anchor for our souls, the Bible says in Hebrews. Strong anchor for our souls. Okay. He is coming back. You know, and, and listen, every generation ought to be living for him to come back in their generation. I thought he'd have been, by, by, been here by now. But he isn't. That doesn't mean he's not coming. See, that's where the mockers come in because they'll mock you and say, well, everybody's been saying that. He's not back yet. Yeah, but he's coming. Yeah, and he's coming with all power and all dominion and all authority, and you will know it when he does come. You will know it when he does come. Okay, so listen, we've got to be active in the kingdom of God now in the present. You can't get caught up in the past. You can't get caught up in the future. Listen, I love prophecy, but you're not going to figure revelations out. The Bible didn't say read it so you'll know it. He said read it so you'll be blessed. It just isn't going to be figured. There are things in there that I've got figured out today. Tomorrow? Maybe not. But I know Jesus died for me. Amen. I know that he paid the price for me. I know that he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I was healed. I know that. And now I can draw on that, but I can also live with the confidence that he's coming back. But you've got to balance that. You can't get caught up in, well, you know, we're in the end times. And, well, you know, this is what the Bible says. And listen, pro prophetic people are telling you all kinds of stupid stuff. I said stupid stuff. You better leave it alone. You don't get caught up in the future. The one thing I've learned about prophecy, it fulfills itself. I don't have to figure it out. And when it's fulfilled, it's like what happened on the day of Pentecost. Peter said, oh, this is that which was spoken. It's good to speculate. I was listening to a radio program the other day in the car, and, and, uh, and here's what they were speculating. I said, this is foolish, and I actually changed the channel. Here's what they were speculating. What, what would have happened if the Jews had accepted the sacrifice, had accepted Jesus, and accepted the sacrifice and gotten saved after he was raised from the dead? I'm thinking, why are you wasting your time yeah. even talking about that? Jesus himself said, you're not going to receive me, yeah. so I'm going to raise up another. But see, you understand, you get caught up in stuff like that. So your present has got to be a presence of faith. Now listen. There are critical things that must be addressed in your life during this, during this time we're living. This is really, to be honest with you, a preparation time. Because the separation of light and dark is going to get worse and worse or better and better, however you want to look at it. And you've got to be ready for that because it will separate you from stuff 
that you don't want to be separated from. People are already, Christians are already mad because they can't get their crosses that are made in China. <laughs> they're, out in the, they're out there in Galveston Bay right now. I know that sounds a little far-fetched, but it's true. You, you've got to be careful how you're living. And listen, it's not just about holding on to your faith till the end. Dear Lord, I see so many people, that's all they're doing is just trying to hold on till this thing's over with. And I'm going to come back to church when? When? That's what I want to know. When? Hebrews chapter 10 gives us an overview of the past, the present, and the future. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, listen to what it says. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Isn't that interesting? That's still true today, isn't it? As a manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as what? It's coming to us. That day is approaching us. We're not going to it. It's coming to us. So we have a responsibility when that starts happening. Now, there is a a present And a future relationship. You think Jesus is coming back, then you better pay attention to these two scriptures. I love verse 24 in the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. Let us consider, give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. Studying how we may stir up, stimulate, incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. We ought to be stirring up each other. What are you doing for Jesus? What are you doing? What good work are you doing? We just had a, a, a serve day at the church yesterday. On Saturday, we had 200, I forgot, plus volunteers come out, and we went to different places in the city. We made these gift bags for the police department, and we passed out these bags to the police officers, and every one of them had a handwritten note in there from one of our church members thanking them for what they were doing. Okay, we went to a, a, a shelter uh, for uh, battered women, and we painted, and we cleaned up, and we, did, and we went to parks, and we cleaned up parks. People, what are you doing out here? Why are you doing that? Glad you asked. It was an awesome day. We we had outreaches. We had all kinds of stuff. We cooked barbecue. People stopped and said, how much is it? And it's free. Ooh, I think I'll stop. Well, guess what they got to hear while they were eating their barbecue? Listen to what I'm saying. That's our responsibility. If you really believe the day is approaching, what are you doing about it? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I'll tell you, listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, our church will never shut down again. We were not shut down very long because we had church outside. We just just moved outdoors. But we had like drive-in church. People stayed in their cars and it it was cool, really, (laughs) for a season until it got to be July. (laughs) But here's the point. Here's the point. That is a sign of the end. When you see the day approaching and people are not wanting to come together, it doesn't matter whether it's, I don't care whether it's COVID, I don't care whether it's the flu or, I, it doesn't, that's not the point. The point is that it is separating the body of Christ from being able to incite one another to good works, to love one another, and to walk the way they ought to walk toward one another. It, it literally isolates us. You know that, don't you? You know that. It isolates people. People are convinced. Church people, people that tell you they love God, won't come to church because the government says don't come to church. Now, don't get me started on that. I'm not, I'm not a... A, a, a conspiracy theory person at all. That's not my point. 
So don't read anything into that. But, but you've got to understand the responsibility of the believer in the present is to be a part of, an active part of the body of Christ. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to live that way. That is your present. Everybody got it? That is your, it's not about, Lord, just bless me during this time. Lord, just give me. No, it's about you getting off your blessed assurance, me getting off of mine and touching somebody, ministering to somebody. Because they're out there. Now, now here's something you've got to hear. That's present. But there is a past-present relationship that you've got to hear tonight. You can't just say, I'm saved, my future's secure, and I'm going to live like I want to. I'm just telling you, listen to me, that the Bible does not teach that. It doesn't matter what denominations swear by it. It doesn't matter. You can get upset with me tonight if you want to, but listen to me. There is a responsibility to the past, and that is how you live your life in the present. You can't live off of that. You have to live in the present. You can't live any way you want to without regard to that precious sacrifice that delivered you out of darkness into light. Hebrews chapter 10 is, is pretty strong. Verse 26, if we sin willfully, you ready? After we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. How you live today determines how effective the past sacrifice was for you. You've got to make up your mind. I am motivated to live by, by God, before God because of that sacrifice. Listen to what verse 29 says. How much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy of he who trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Woo. That's pretty strong. You can't just go live like you want to live. If I'm making some of you squirm, I'm happy. Because you can't. There is no other sacrifice. You can't walk on it. You can't disrespect it. And when you live in sin, look, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, I know lots of people that do. I hadn't had a problem with that in years. But most people, well, maybe one or two. I just made another one, didn't I? <laughs> people sin. People make mistakes. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are going to mock, well, I can go get drunk if I want to. It's all right. God doesn't care. He loves me. God's grace is working. It's grace. It's grace. Listen to me. That's not how grace works. You're trampling underfoot the spirit of grace when you live that way. You can't live like that. You can't walk that kind of life. If you're struggling with addiction and you're having problems and you need help, we'll pray. God will work. We can, we, but the point is, listen to me, you cannot live your life. That is a wrong past, present relationship. Yes. Amen. It's wrong. You can't live with that relationship. All right? Then there is a present future relationship here's what here's what it says in hebrews it says in verse 35 do not cast away your confidence which has great rewards great rewards now listen to this for you you got to hear this for you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of god you may receive the promise. Amen. 
Listen to me. This life is an endurance race. It's not a sprint. It's an endurance race. When I first, when I was in high school, I ran track. And I, when I first started running track, I ran the 100. Back then, it was a 100-yard dash. That tells you how long ago it was. Okay. I was pretty fast. Then I came to Texas and started running against people of color and realized I wasn't very fast. <laughs> so my coach had the bright idea that I needed to run a longer race because I, I was fast enough, and if I could run a longer race, then I could really do something. And actually, I did. I got a scholarship, track scholarship. But the problem was I hated it because you, it was endurance. It was, you had to gut out. You know, a sprint, man, it's over. It's over. I mean, and you got to run these endurance races and you got to push and you, uh, you know. And <laughs> but this is an endurance. You have need of patience. Now, here's the key. After you've done the will of God, pursuing God's will, and I don't have time to get into it, it should be your passion. It's not that hard to find. It's not that hard to find, but it ought to be your passion, okay? I like what it says in Hebrews 6, 12. The Passion Translation says this. Don't allow your heart to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm. But follow the example of those who fully received what God promised because of their strong faith and their patient endurance. You got to make up your mind. That's the way you live in, in, in that, that, that life that we're going to live. Because listen to what it says in verse 37. You ready? For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. He's coming. Y'all listen. So what are you, what are we going to do in the meantime? We're going to live in the present. We're going to live an endurance life. We're going to live a faith life. We're not going to lose our enthusiasm. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give in. We're not going to just make up our mind. Well, we're just going to blend in with everybody else. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. It's not what God called us to do. And it goes on in verse 30, uh, 38 to tell you just that because the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But I love what verse 39 says. I, the, one Greek scholar said it this way. But as for us, we're not of the drawing back kind yes, amen. who draw back to perdition, but of the believing kind who believe to the end for the saving of the soul. So we've got a relationship. Our soul depends on that balance in our lives. And anytime you get caught up in something else, and listen to me today, Christians are getting caught up even in the present in the wrong thing. It's not faith. You're getting your politics mixed up with your faith. You, you can't live with that. Listen, wrong is wrong. I'm not talking about that, okay? I, I believe abortion is wrong. I believe we have a right to speak out about abortion. But I would rather, and, and I've done this because I've been a part of a ministry that saved hundreds of girls from abortion. My daughter, my daughter who is adopted, her uh, mother, her birth mother was on the way to the abortion clinic and ran into a friend and they took her to Mercy Ministries she had the baby, and we got the pleasure of adopting that baby. She's my children's church pastor today. Yeah, amen, amen. Okay, I believe in that. But listen to me. Don't get your politics intertwined even with this vaccine. Don't get it intertwined with your faith. It's like, it's, it's like what Paul said about violating somebody's conscience. You're going to violate somebody's conscience. You don't want to do that. If somebody feels like they need to get the vaccine, get it. 
Pray over it. Believe God. If you're not going to get it, believe God. You're not going to get the virus. Stand by faith. Either way, but listen to me. Don't violate people's conscience over it. It's not a scriptural responsibility for you to tell somebody. Okay. Now, let me give you this. I'm closing right here. So, listen to this. I want to give you a great example of this past, present, future relationship. Okay? And it's, it's real simple. If you can just do these verses, you'll be okay. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Listen to what it says. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now, everybody say now, now. are we the children of God. But it has not been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Isn't that awesome? All right, but now listen to me. Listen to the last verse. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. See, we have a responsibility to the past, to that sacrifice. We have a responsibility to the future. And listen, and everyone who believes what I just read ought to be purifying themselves, just like the song we sang tonight. You ought to be purifying yourself. You ought to be saying, Lord, what's not pleasing to you? Because you're pure, okay? And everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. So you've got to understand where you have to live your life. You've got to, you've got to live in that balance. And don't get caught. Listen to me. You say, well, what you're saying is political. There's not a political word in what I said. We, we are Americans. I have a right as American to voice my opinion, but I don't have a right to say it's thus saith the Lord. There's a big difference. And the fact that I stand in this pulpit gives me the responsibility of saying thus saith the Lord, not this is what I think about what the government's doing. I don't know why I'm saying that, but listen to me. It's important that you hear it. Doesn't matter whether I like what the government's doing or not. Doesn't matter who I voted for. What matters is that we keep our balance. Because yeah. we're gonna we're in for a fight. Yeah. And if you're clouded, you're gonna miss something. Yeah. You're gonna miss something. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to get caught up in that. Because listen, the least bit of strife. Can, can, can hurt. When last year, uh, I'm sorry, this year, January 6th, you know, when they had the, when the, they stormed the Capitol and all that, and a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about that, that what they did was wrong. You don't walk into our seat of government like that. You don't do that. You don't do that. Okay. Bottom line, you don't do, I don't care what you believe politically, you don't do that. Okay. So, so we had that, and I saw a video of a woman who was a representative, and she was in the, in the house chambers, and she was down on the floor because they didn't know what was going on. They thought people were coming in to kill everybody. They didn't know. She was down there, and she was praying in tongues, and she was speaking the word, and I'm telling you, she was getting after it. Man, it, I mean, she was doing it. And I reposted that, and I don't ever do that because I'm not a Facebook guy. I mainly do it to keep up with Danny and make sure he's behaving himself. <laughs> you know, that's, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not big about that. I mean, it's got to drain Christopher Allen, it's got to drain him the stuff that he posts online all the time. It's all good. I just don't see where he has time to do it. But I know he does it while he's traveling. But listen, listen. So I posted it. I, I reposted it. I, it was gr Listen, this woman, she was praying the word. Man, it was good. 
And I posted, and I got a message from a pastor. He said, that woman's not even saved. She's a Democrat. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I thought maybe he was going to, you know, what do you call it, defriend you or whatever, or that type of thing. He didn't, but, but I, I'm thinking, you're, you're living out of balance. You're, you're out of balance. You don't know that woman. I know what she was saying. That doesn't come out of your head. When you're thinking somebody's fixing to shoot you, that doesn't come out of your head. That comes out of your spirit. But I thought about that and I said, what is he telling his church? What is he telling his church? So we've got to be careful that we have that balance in our lives. Now, I know this wasn't a big Holy Ghost message and, you know, it, but I hope you got something out of it because you, you've got to, you've got to know, listen, I'm a pastor. I've got to speak to you as a pastor. You've got to know how to, you, where you are because listen, things are not going to get better and we've got to learn how to be endurance racers. We've got to learn how to use our faith in everyday life, not just to bless us, Lord, give me a better job, Lord. And we've got to be active for the kingdom of God. Yeah, glory to God. Lift your hands one more time. Worship the Lord. Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we, we love you, Father. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing how that message just dovetailed with, with what Christopher preached this morning. Absolutely amazing. You know, something the Lord showed me in the spirit, because the Lord will show you as you, as you move down the path of righteousness, he'll show you where you need to change. And it's where you don't is where you really get in trouble. But the church itself, and, and there's nothing wrong with this in general. And when I say church, I'm talking about the word of faith and people that we are that would be of our company. We've been taught for years and years and years about resisting, resistance, and then, and then overcoming, and then recovery. But listen, that has to be so automatic in your life in the days ahead because you're going to have to be in harvest. And with all that effort the church was in, in resisting and recovering and overcoming and all that, that has to be automatic. That has to be so much your nature now that it's not an effort for you anymore. That means if you have symptoms on your body, your, your, your soul is so renewed with the word, you, you just automatically begin to speak the word, begin to, begin to you know, uh, claim your healing, stand in faith. You don't have to wait till Sunday to come to church, get hands laid on you. No, you're in the middle of the harvest. You're out telling people about Jesus. You're witnessing to people where you work at your job. And that change is taking place in the church right now. That's the training, the preparation that is taking place. Now, one of the things that we're doing here at Island Church is we are, and we, we, we uh, said we'd do this uh, at least once every, every day and the church knows we do this, is we speak the Word of God over our health. The reason is because that's one of the areas the enemy is trying to encroach into humanity and, and try to make it a tool against the church to stop the church from doing a lot of what the church is called to do in these last days. You have to stay healthy. And there's all kinds of variables to that. you got to take care of yourself. Listen, if, you're, if you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight. If you're too skinny, then gain some weight. Whatever it takes. Get yourself healthy. Do what, but you better build your faith strong. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're going to have to get on the front end of all this stuff. Thank God for the back end when the symptoms come and the disease is there and we can all stand free and see the, but we got to get on the front end of this thing and have some resistance in us so we can go through some things that the world doesn't go through so we can remain in the harvest. Everybody out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the healer and health of my body. Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am the healed of God. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread, my water. You take all sickness, all symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I forget not his benefits. 
who forgiveth all iniquity, healeth all disease, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness, tender mercy. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Jesus. You said you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. You'd be with me always, even until the end of the age. Thank you, Father, for medical grace at the end of the age. Thank you, Lord. You've delivered me from the power of darkness. You've translated me into the kingdom of your dear son. No evil befalls me. No plague comes now my dwelling place. Thank you, Lord. The same spirit, the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells, abides in me, quickens, makes alive my mortal body. I declare from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am the healed of God in my blood, in my bones, in my marrow, in my glands, and in my organs. I declare by faith and through confession down to the very molecular level, God's Spirit in my spirit is working in my body, energizing, healing, causing divine health to manifest in me. What I have, I give freely. I lay hands on the sick. They recover. The spoken word brings health and healing. The gifts of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, relieve the suffering and bring great honor to Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, my healer. Now shout and thank God that you healed. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, I did that for a couple of reasons, but I want you to see exactly what Pastor Sam preached. We went back to the past and drew on that great sacrifice as Jesus was swept and beat. Uh, most men did not re re uh, 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 live through that, but he did and accumulated every sickness, every disease. And I read De uh, Deuteronomy 28. He said, even the ones that's not written in this book. That means everyone they come up with. Amen. But we must muster resistance on the front end. Uh, we also make economic confessions. Uh, listen, there's things coming up economically. And you need wisdom to take care of what you have, preserve what you have, and to, and to increase in the midst of decrease. That means you need to do, be doing some preparation. That means you need to be doing some homework. You need to figure this stuff out. God will give you the way. Say, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. You can pray, and you can ask for wisdom, and there's plenty of materials out there by good Holy Ghost people that know what they're doing. Amen. Get yourself ready. Don't forsake preparation. Time is not wasted time. And there is a very quick season of preparation taking place right now. Prayer and intercession and holiness and living right. And there's a remnant of people that are going to grab that and they're going to get through all this stuff and be right in the harvest. And we're going to see this thing happen the way God says has it. Amen. You say, well, what if it doesn't happen that way? Well, we're going to act like it does. We're going to, I like what an old preacher said years ago. I heard him preach. He said, I live my personal life like Jesus is coming back this very moment. He said, but I live my ministry life like he's not coming back for a hundred years. That means you take all the holiness and all the righteousness and all that God, and you live for God to the best of your ability, but then you, you make plans. You make plans. We're not stopping making plans because of all this that's going on. I said to somebody a couple of years ago, I thought it was really good. Someone will build the last church building on this planet before Jesus comes back. I said, someone will build the last church building before Jesus comes back. You, know, you still don't hear that. You, you got to hear that in your spirit. Someone will build the last church building before Jesus comes back. Praise God. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for sending Pastor Sam to us tonight. Speaking revelation and wisdom, we honor the gift that abides in him. Thank you for his birthday. His first birthday did not affect us at all. 
But his second birthday has affected every one of us, some of us, for many, many years. Thank you for the gifts that you give us and these wonderful ministers. Lord, as we leave tonight, we claim your protection, your safety. We declare Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh us. Thank you that your angels have charge over us. Let everyone rest and be refreshed. Those that are traveling as we did this morning, we continue to pray over them. Thanking you, Father. They'll arrive safely. Go back to where they're from. Find nothing lack, lacking, nothing missing. We love you, Father. We love you so much. We love each other. We thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you.